How you doing, gang? Good? You look well. You look rested. Spring, daylight savings, huh? All that stuff. <laughs> Crazy. Anyhow, welcome to a brand new episode of Terribly Funny. I am, of course, your host, your best friend, Steve Bazelone, and this is the podcast where I talk to uh, funny people about terrible things. You get the idea. Um, today we have a, a great guest with a fascinating story. Um, his name is Josh Losey. He's an old friend of mine. Met him like 10, 12 years ago. Um, for many years, he was in like the whole David Gordon Green camp. Uh, he worked on a bunch of those movies as an art director, uh, Prince Avalanche, Camp X-Ray, Manglehorn, Cold Weather, all uh, a lot of great things. But most recently... Um, he wrote and directed his first movie called Hunter Gatherer with uh, Andre Royo, you know, good old Bubbles from The Wire. Uh, and it's a, it's a great little movie, and he made it for very little money, but it, it uh, got nominated for the John Cassavetes Award at the Independent Spirits. Uh, what I'm saying, he's a really talented guy that, in short order, you're going to see more amazing stuff from him. So, you know, go check out Hunter Gatherer because it's great, and you can you can sound cool at parties when you're like, I saw this movie, and I know this guy. Um, get on it. Uh, he's going to tell us some great stories, mostly about how it was like to be raised very, very Christian and study the Bible a ton. Um, it's genuinely fascinating, I think. Um, but before we get to that, let me say my pitch, my pitch here. Guys, do you like the show? I hope you do. If you do, go to our iTunes page. Give us a rating. Give us a review. Say some nice things. Or if you feel like mediocre things, you can do that too. Whatever, man. I just want you to be you and to engage. You know what I mean? That's life. That's my life advice. Be you and engage. Um, also, you can check us out on other social media platforms. Uh, Instagram, Terribly Funny Podcast. Same thing with Facebook. Go to our page. Like us. Um, you can also check us out on Twitter. It's Terribly underscore funny. Um, you know, tweet at us. Tweet about us. Do all the things. Do some tweeting. Uh, and also, if you want to say, hey, what's up, Steve? How are you? Want to have a little a little chat, a little convo with me? I'm a lonely person. I, I, I got some free time occasionally. You can reach me at terriblyfunnypodcast at gmail. And there you go. All the, the boring, pragmatic marketing shit is out of the way. And now we're going to get to the meat and potatoes of Josh Losey talking about being real Christian as a child and as a young man. Um, it's a gooder. All right, listen up, gang. Hope you enjoy it. Love you. Of you, and I'll accept no well, substitute. Yeah, like not getting a job. They thought they were going to get a job. So that runs again. And you've got some stories. I mean, all right, I, I feel like we could. Mi- there's plenty to mine. Then you've got yeah, uh, you're a real minor. That, but um, I was raised. Do you know who Jerry Falwell is? I do, of course. Yeah. Anyone under thirty? Anyone under thirty-five? Really? Doesn't know who he is. Really? Yeah. We're the last. I like, guess so. What about Pat Robertson? Do people know him? Because he's still. They don't know him even more. Yeah, I guess so. Jerry Falwell was like an easy. He was like a like a. I feel like for a period of time, like an, a go-to joke. Oh yeah. Like he yeah. was like an easy. Now you can make fun of this guy. He's such yeah. a such a turd. Anybody can make fun of him. But he's also like responsible for someone like Donald Trump being president because mm-hmm. he like united the religious. You know, family values, sure. anti-gay kind yeah. of like um, the things we believe. The things we believe in. The things we believe in. Yeah. <laughs> he kind of aligned that with like the economic policies that right. he was responsible for. The religious right kind of coming together with like the corporate right, getting organized, and like saying, "Yeah, look, if you guys take abortion, if you guys take abortion as something you like, we'll take your tax policy." 
Wow. So he like was a businessman first and foremost. Yeah. But he was just kind of the, the head of the church. Yeah. The face of the church. Yeah. He had a thing called Moral Majority. Mm-hmm. And he his yeah his thing was um, uh, what was it? yeah it's a, like aligning moral issues quote unquote with like economic issues so so people who <clears throat> these days like baby baby boomers who are religious they think that capitalism and like low taxes for the rich is like biblical it's like a biblical mandate like oh. he like. God, he like kind of like interwove the what a fascinating things. narrative yeah. he able to create like yeah, no yeah. rich people are supposed <laughs> to be richer um, that's freedom what, yeah thing. like whereas like when you talk about like what Jesus actually said is pretty socialist mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it just goes without saying but, but it's just funny that so I, I grew up in that world like right. my father worked for him you're in Tennessee right it's Virginia it's Virginia. Virginia yeah <clears throat> uh, I went to college in Tennessee right um so I, I mean, I think the most traumatic it, it, thing that happened to me isn't an event. It's a, like a twenty-year span of yeah, like, that's a shame, thing. <laughs> like, like ingrained like shame yeah. that like creates uh, you know creates a lot of you know broken glass in my brain that I'm still like picking out right. and like trying to get on top of and you know acknowledge. Um, when you say you grew up in that, what does that mean? Like your your family was just enmeshed in it. You were, they were just like, they were. This is a hip thing to get involved in. Like how how do you they, mean that they? I mean, my dad worked for Jerry Falwell. He did directly. Yeah, directly oh, wow. in the church. Um, and he he worked. He was a musician, so he did mm-hmm. like the uh, the orchestra and the marching band at his college, and he was just kind of ingrained in the music right. portion of of that world. Um, and. Uh, so we were pretty in it. I mean, we were yeah. at church every week. I went to all the high, the high school. I went to all the schools, and you know, you get kind of. I mean, any school is going to brainwash you with something, right? Sure. Well, I mean, just like whatever this, whatever the culture is created around it. Yeah. Even if it's yeah. not an intentional brainwashing, like, oh, this is what's normal. Yeah. We're surrounded yes. by. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I don't know. I, I was. Yeah, man. I had a lot of guilt for a lot of years about dumb shit. Like, like, it doesn't even matter. Like, like m- masturbating. Oh, yeah. Or you, I'm assuming there's even bigger, there's smaller things. Than <laughs> even smaller things. No, but, like, specifically masturbating, it was, like, uh, it's three days. Depressed for three days if you masturbate. That's, like, well, you're, like, ready to... I, but, uh, okay, I grew up... Uh, I mean, I still do get depressed for three days when I masturbate. 100%. Yeah. That's, part of, that's part of the turn. <laughs> that's, part of the, yeah. that's part of the reason I do it. <laughs> Like, I'm riding too, I'm flying too close to the sun here. Let's yeah. take a stab. Yeah. No, but like, yeah, I grew up not that religious, but I still went to like church with my dad every Sunday. Okay. Up, up until a certain point, like I made communion and then I wasn't involved in right. like the teaching side of it, but I would right. still go with him. Right. Or like act like I was asleep around church time so I could get out of it. Right. Um, but even then there was still like a moralizing when you're younger because nobody talks about masturbating. Mm-hmm. So like when I was like in sixth grade or seventh grade when that happened, like I was like every time I did it, like I'm a terrible person and then yeah. like three hours later do it right again. Yeah. <laughs> but like it was, there was still like such a moralizing to it and that was not even being heaped on me. So I can only imagine. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty, pretty heaped. Uh, and, and you know, I, and honestly, my Parents aren't the villains here, like no guys, you're not the villains. Um, <laughs> but like, it, it's just that environment. I think they wanted the best for us as kids. They wanted to create an environment that was healthy and moral, and mm-hmm. you know they didn't want to be getting in trouble. They wanted to. They they sent me to private school. They spent their money to send me to 
school where they thought I would get a better better education, mm-hmm. and you know they they did what they thought was right, <laughs> and, but it it's it's pretty. Uh, it, yeah, it fucks with your head. I was going to be a preacher. I went to... And then even after all that, uh, when I turned 17, 18, I, I went to... I spent my own money and went to this Bible school for two years. You, your own money? Y- yeah. So like, you had, saved up to go to this. My, my, my grandfather had died, and when he died, he gave all the grandkids mm-hmm. some money. So that's how I used mine, was to go to Bible school for a year. That's intense, man. You know, like yeah. some people are like, well, I got a Trans Am. Yeah, yeah. No, I went to Bible school, and uh, and it uh, they thought they thought where I came from was very liberal. Like where I went to really? school was like very hardcore. So I guess that my most traumatic event is those two years at Bible school. <laughs> so, but like, what? okay, so they thought that you were like. Where you were is like those are heathens. They're, they, uh, they're not, running not, fast quite, and loose. not quite, but yeah, but they, yeah, they're, they're, they're he needs to re, you know commit more right than he has. And what does I that remember, mean? Like so, I guess what it comes. I don't know what it comes down to. It's um, I'm trying to think of like the theological reasons as well. Mm-hmm. Like th- there were strict. There was a strict adherence to the actual text of the Bible, and right. like a very like sacred, on a very literal sense. It was extremely literal, right. extremely like historically accurate. The Earth is probably you know at the most ten thousand years old. Sure, like at the most. Sure. Um, so that, I think it's there, which which I grew up believing as well. Um, but there was a there's a definitely a cult like atmosphere where they had everything figured out and they you know they had all the answers and um, there was only one interpretation for each scripture so if there's any variance they would always choose like the stricter kind of version of mm-hmm. it to be safe sure um, so just governance by fear in essence oh absolutely like hundred percent like we I didn't touch a female for two years <laughs> sure <laughs> which is really when you were sixteen and seventeen <laughs> yeah. yeah that's the period you don't want you don't actually you're not interested in women at all that period in your life um you could uh, I remember if there was ice because it was an Adirondacks if there was an ice patch you could like lock arms with a girl and that was like the bad, like there's ice there's ice let's go like oh my lock God. Arms. also the fact that that's like. You went. You went so far away from where you lived. Yeah, yeah. To go to a frigid place to get you, like, and you were excited about ice just because yeah. of any sort of human connection. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was uh, you know, it, but but as all things like that, like I went there because I was kind of like I'd done a year of college in my hometown where my dad worked. I'd done a year of college there, and I was kind of floundering. Like, mm-hmm. I could see myself just kind of like drifting. So I was like, well, I can't do this. I'm not going to live my life like this. My grades had dropped. Like, you know, I was just like, I'm either not ready for this or I just need to go somewhere and get fixed because right. I'm like drifting. So that's why I went there was to get some um, structure and to get some order and to get some like discipline. And was this coming purely from you? Was this, was there any outside? 100% from me. Yeah. So you just thought like, I am not living up to what the examples I see set around me. Mm-hmm. And were you questioning things? And is that like what you meant like in terms of fixed? Or was it just like, I, I feel adrift? Uh, yeah, I feel adrift. And there was like, guys, there, there was this one guy I remember at, my, at the college who had everything together. He was very put together. He was very smart. I was a history major at that mm-hmm. point. And I looked up to him as far as like someone I'd like to be like because he was, he was cool. I mean, he was not cool, but he was <laughs> cool. He had his shit together. Like, yeah. And I was like, dude, what did you, like, how did you get your shit together? I'm fucking 17. I'm lost. 
I don't know what to do. He's like, I went to this school. And at the moment he said, I went to this place and did this, I said, I was just like, I'm going there. Like, I have to go there wow. just to get... I don't think I got the amount of discipline that I thought I was going to get. But, but, but it was... Uh, but so, so I guess all that to say is that I did... It was like going to a little bit like a military school where, right. you, where you're like really paying attention to the details of what you're doing and the details of what you believe and you're parsing all that stuff out and you have all distractions kind of like not there. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can really figure out who you are. And I wanted to be a preacher. So right. I up there... I left there thinking I was either going to be a preacher or make movies. And really? Yeah. Those are, so movies was already a part. Were you like watching? Because I remember, I remember um, one. Uh, we we weren't allowed to watch movies. Like mm-hmm. we could go to the theater if it was like a PG or G movie. But mm-hmm. nothing, I don't think we could do PG thirteen. So you like went and saw Aladdin fourteen times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who was the one? There was there hey, was a in the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There was a guy that who worked there who was like a little bit older than I was, who I really looked up to, mm-hmm. who is now a preacher uh, somewhere. He's keep his, this is in the Adirondacks. This is in the Adirondacks. Gotcha. Yeah. And there was one. There was one day he was like, "We need to watch this movie," and he's like, "Come to my room tonight. Don't tell anybody." And I was like, "All right." So like three of us went to his room. He was like, he worked at the school. Right. This is like he could have gotten fired yeah. for this. And he like he's like. We're gonna watch a movie tonight. And I'm like, what are we watching? Oh, pulled up a VHS of Fight Club. Really? And I was like, holy shit, yeah! Because I, I mean, I'd heard of it. I knew it existed. To me, that's what like an art film. You know, it's an art yeah. film. And, and also, like, there's like a ton of fucking in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just beating the fuck out of people. <laughs> so we watch. And it also, like, like destroy the whole mantra is like and burn destroy. everything to the ground. <laughs> yeah, the total anti what yeah. we were learning. Um. So uh, we watched the movie and I was like, in love. I'm like, this is it. Like, I love. And I don't even particularly like that movie. It's just like, we got to watch an R-rated movie that like had a message, like like was a little fucked up. Did, did that feel like like Dorothy walking into Oz and seeing like colors for the first time? Yeah, yeah. Was it like holy fuck? Yeah, yeah. It was. It was just. Uh, yeah, I was like. But then there's no path to that either. Right. There's no path to create that from there. You don't, you know, you're going to make, if you're going to make movies, they're going to be Christian movies about right. Jesus. But that was still like, so you saw that and you're like, that's what I want to do. I saw that. But I can't do it with this subject matter. Yeah. Well, I, I guess what I saw in it was the, it, it, and I wouldn't even really talk about, I mean, I wouldn't talk about it like this now, but at that time I saw the power in the messaging. I was like, mm-hmm. this is a powerful medium that communicates stories very clearly and can change people's minds. Yeah, you get to very clearly control the narrative. You yeah. can be succinct and very thorough about what you want to say. Yeah. So I was, I was. That's how I kind of justified it in my brain. Definitely. Right. Like, well, this is a you know, movies are a way I can communicate our message to the masses. And I was always kind of like a little bit outside of the norm for what mm-hmm. they used to. So I was like, maybe I could be like the the conduit through which right. this message gets to like normal people. Excuse me. Um. So I kind of like started learning about movies. I went to another school in Tennessee, and um, so you finished up your two years there. Finished up two years. Is it only like two years, and or is it like could you stay longer? Or most, like, people, most people only do one year. Okay. And then there's a second year. There's a second year thing that like twenty percent of people do, and I did that. Uh, and it's two calendar years, and in the summertime you work at a one of their camps. Mm-hmm. Um, 
What do you feel like you? I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. totally interrupting, but yeah. like, what do you feel like you learned there? Did you get what you were searching for? Did you feel like you were you have more direction or? I learned like in a like in a positive way, like from from where I sit now. Like, what did I learn? Like, I guess, or also just what was what was like the curriculum? It was just all. Oh, what did I scripture learn? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And what, I guess, and also like to your point, like what did you? What were the positive things you took out of this? Maybe some like backwards experience. Yeah, what we did everything was uh, a study of the text of the Bible. Right. Like, there were like secondary texts, but it was always about the Bible and interpretations of texts and. Um, so we would have a new, t- we had like a New Testament survey. So we just go through every book of the New Testament and just look at it. We had Old Testament, same with Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And we would just, yeah, just study it. Is that shit just ingrained <laughs> in you now? Do you like know like yeah. all the quotes and the palms and yeah. it's all in there? <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, in fact, the, the script I'm working on now is set in the first century Palestine. Uh, I think it's me like kind of unwinding some of the shit and also like let me make use of this stuff let me make use of it exactly exactly. Um, so particularly at this moment I'm really like in tune with it yeah (laughs) I mean this book you had is Josephus who was a who was a historian he was the earliest Jewish historian about that time secular historian so oh boy um so um so every yeah every day we're learning the bible we're learning some sort of uh, theology uh, we had different class, like a lot of end times mm-hmm. studies of like the, what happens at the end of the world and how is that uh, like it's so funny to think about that they had like this very they're very serious about you know what the first three and a half years of the tribulation but which is the seven years before mm-hmm. the second coming and, like they're very like have it all mapped out and then you read the book of Revelation right now it's like a mess it's like a crazy it's, the guy's clearly on like some kind of psychedelic. Yeah. He's writing this, and it's you've got scholars like spending their time trying to parse out exactly what he meant as truth, <laughs> and it's it's just it's just. Uh, Can I ask you a question? What do you think? What do you think all that comes from? Do you think it's just like this is something that was ingrained in them from a young age, and then it just passed down through through the generations, or is it just like this has been around for a very long time, and it is just a just a guidebook for living. Is that what it is? It's just like no, structure. It is, is, it, is it hope? What is it? It is. I think it. It all comes down to for me and for the people in that version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it comes down to fear of death. Sure. And what happens when you die? And they have a very to them very tangible answer to that, and they mm-hmm. don't have to worry about it, and they can kind of like <clears throat> move move on. To the next, you know, issue, and then that that the answer to that issue also filters down. It filters through every decision they make. Right. So they kind of have. They don't have to think. Really, like they have, and they only think in this one, in the terms of this one language. Well, it's interesting because like it does it. It has all the answers for you, and the only thinking you're doing is like, what exactly does this answer right, mean? Right. That's as opposed to thinking like, is there anything beyond this? It's just right. like this is it. This right. is the truth. Let yeah. me just figure out. Mm, let me how how thin do I slice this in terms of what yeah. I believe about this given yeah. truth? Yeah. And they um they're you know we're all we're all looking for the same thing in a way and we're all yeah peace of mind and like hope that this any of this matters at all yeah yeah but so they they just have a different as much as uh, it adversely affected me uh, they also you know they're just using different language at a certain mm-hmm. point too it is a lot of semantic like 
trying to think of very abstract, very big terms in very small ways. And some of it actually points to some sort of thing that you and I would agree with um, in some sense. Right. But yeah, when it gets down to the point of like pushing down on other people and making kids not masturbate or you yeah. know, not touch or whatever, it's, it gets like gross. But Well, how did you deal with that? Like you're a, you're a young man when your hormones are like at, yeah. probably at their height. Yeah. Like, how did you, were you just always feeling like there's something wrong with me? Or was there a way to describe that? Was there like, well, this is normal, but you have to avoid temptation. Like, what does that look like? So I was a virgin until I was 26. Sure. Which is pretty cool. Not cool at all. Um, yeah. It's uh, That's a pretty all right story. <laughs> at that time, that's a traumatic event of losing my opportunity. Um, I didn't think that is for many people. <laughs> um... The, the, um, yeah, it, it's like, yeah, these are normal temptations and normal things. I have to resist it. And if I don't, it, I will feel very guilty for a very right. long time, like years. And I do not want to feel that way. And I have to do this, especially if I'm going to make the most of my studies mm-hmm. and be a preacher and tell other people what to do. I, I have to live by example. I can't, yeah, I can't be doing something on the side that I don't agree with on paper you know did you find like a lot of hypocrisy did you come across that or was this 99% I mean it's very rare to find someone in that world very rare to find someone in that world that is uh, smart Mm -hmm. uh, honest Mm -hmm. with themselves and faithful like those three attributes I I can break it down to the thousands of people I met in that world I can break it down to ten ten really Yeah, yeah like either they're not that intelligent Mm-hmm. And they just got to hope they're not listening right now, but <laughs> they can't find this. <laughs> um, like they, uh, they're either just not that intelligent. And they don't question things in a abstract way or nuanced mm-hmm. way, or they are lying and they just like do what they want to do and just use this as like a stroke of power. Right. Um, or they're just not faithful. They're constantly like stumbling or, you know, just, kind of ne'er-do-wells in that world. So, uh, most of my friends from that time, from high school, most of my friends from high school uh, and from Virginia have moved on from the religion. Um, Most of my friends from college have not. Right. Um, That makes sense, because when you're younger, you're not fully, you don't fully see the world. Yeah. I feel like college is such a conformative time, and that's when you're kind of already starting to harden. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are some who, who have left, but, but it's pretty, I mean, yeah. Do you think, I remember thinking when I was like really sick, I remember thinking like there's something like intrinsically kind of a little bit beautiful and simple about just like believing in something higher. Yeah. And like to your point of like the people who were maybe not that smart or didn't have the curiosity to question things. Yeah. Like, I remember just thinking, like, I wish, like, I just believed all that yeah. shit was happening for a reason. Yeah, and it yeah. wasn't just, like, a cold, uncaring kind of yeah. set of circumstances yeah. that was just like, oh, well. Like, if I could just believe, like, this is happening for a reason and all, everything that's happened is my path. If I could be- right. earnestly believe right. it, like, I think it would be, like, so it's much more content. It would be yeah. a huge sigh. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's a really easy way to talk about big problems and yeah. and yeah I wish I was like I mean I wish I could believe it too but it's just not I mean 
And as I study even more, like I'm trying to, this thing I'm writing is, like I said, set in first century past, and I'm, I'm, I'm unlocking like the historical basis for Christianity, mm-hmm. or uh, uh, kind of uh, kind of rediscovering for myself from a his, historical basis, right. not from a religious basis. And it is so ridiculous on a historical basis. It is so ridiculous to believe that. It's like, mm-hmm. the, uh, when you look at it, it's like so ridiculous, but that's the whole point is that it's kind of ridiculous. Like, right, that this crazy thing happened and it led to us. And it led to us and it's it doesn't make any sense because if it made sense, then you can't have faith. Right. If it made perfect You have to sense, believe in something that seems like a little crazy. Yeah. yeah. So you have to, I mean, the prerequisite for being a Christian is to, is faith. So you have right. to remove, you know, part of, that part of your brain. Right. Voluntarily. Okay, so you were at college. Yeah. You saw Fight Club. Yeah, I saw Fight Club. <laughs> Blew your mind a little bit, and then you left there after your second year. Yeah. Because you stayed, you were so into it, you stayed, only 20% of the people did it. Yeah. And you went to school in Tennessee. Yeah. Like, how do we, how do we get from there, where you were, where you were just excited to link arms on an ice patch, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like a, like a Mennonite, yeah. uh, to what's sitting before me now, like super hip bro in the Neko Park. <laughs> Bro, yeah. um, I think it, it was a very long. It's a very slow process mm-hmm. to become a bro like me. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, it takes time. No, I think that it's. Um, I think I I, I attribute a lot to the music I liked back then. Yeah. Like I loved, I, uh, I loved music. I listened to a lot of music. And there was no moralizing about that. Like, there was, I mean, I remember throwing away CDs and selling CDs and feeling guilty about it and doing all that, but I'd just go back and rebuy them a couple months later. Oh, so this was like, it was like, <laughs> like music was your masturbating. Like, I'm never doing that yeah, again. And like yeah. two weeks later, you go buy whatever Lee Scott. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mustard plug. In U330. Oh, sure. Um, so I, I really kind of like music was my like, through line to the rest of the world hmm. and it was kind of like I was like I like those guys <laughs> like, I want to I hang out with those guys was it was that like just purely aspirational like you're you're in this thing and you're committed to it but you're, that was like a, a vantage like a, a portal into another world we had I mean there was my buddy Tim who came to came to our school in high school with the with all these records like mm-hmm. Green Day before Kerplunk like oh, Kerplunk and yeah. like Mr. T experience was my sure. favorite band. Yeah, so Mr. T experience is great. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just introduced to this and it was kind of like, I, this is me. It's mm-hmm. funny. It's simple. It's dumb. This is me. I love it. So we got really into that. We would travel around and watch a lot of bands. My friends were in a band. You know, you try to be this like Christian version of what they right. are, you know, which is always weird. Um, sure. MXPX. Yeah, I'm a rap. MXPX. <laughs> Squad of the 5-0 was not. Um, but we uh, we were earnest about it. We loved the, we loved the music, and we, we yeah. I was I was the guy who would throw away my CDs and buy them back. Like when uh, oh man. So when I got to college, I, you know that was always there. It was always I wanted to I wanted to understand the world, and I wanted to understand like what's what's else what else is out there besides what I'm in. But I came when I came to that school, I was kind of the 
I kind of came in as like, I'm going to tell you guys how this religion is really done. Because I learned the real way mm-hmm. at this school in New York, and you guys aren't doing it right. And I'm going to teach you how to really read the Bible because you guys are all liberals. and mm-hmm. I know the real truth. Um, that's the way I kind of walked in. So, and they, then, so they loved you. Oh, yeah. They loved yeah. Yeah, no, they thought I was a fucking weirdo. Uh-huh. They were like... Why you can't masturbate? Why you can't? And this is an extremely conservative school that I went to too. Yeah, and they were just like they thought it was weird. Um, and also, you're like a a large president, you're like <laughs> six five, walking in, like that's not how you do things. Yeah, uh, it doesn't doesn't hurt. Uh, so I think I think when I got there, I started studying literature was my mm-hmm. thing, and I started to understand in a very basic way the relationship between the text and the interpretation of that text and the reader like what does that mean and what does it mean that there's something written down right and how do you really know what it means and you know all the kind of like postmodern stuff that we talked about but uh, that's when it's kind of started being like oh like we can't why are we reading the Bible so literally right was there a moment where you realized that or was it like a slow kind of uh, um, slowly uh, slowly unraveling sock yeah Sweater. Hmm. Um, there was an erosion over time. Right? Yeah. Like, so it wasn't just like you read on the road and like, this is it. <laughs> no, nothing like that. Although that would be 100 Years of Solitude from yeah. point to one. Yeah. Um, um, but I had a buddy who, who went, who studied philosophy and became like, would, you know, kind of knew the upper echelons of philosophical thought. And he had left the religion and kind of done this. So he was always like, I'd always send him emails like, yo, what does this mean? Like, how do we, what do you do with this? Like, and he would he would try to dumb it down for me, uh, but it was great to have those kind of that, that guy Jared was pretty fun to like listen to from afar, you know, because he was right. in New York studying at. Um, oh, so he was still there. No, he was at a different school. He was at um, he was in the city at a mm-hmm. school at a. I can't remember what it's called. So you show up in Tennessee and you start studying literature, and over time you're like, oh right. Everything is not literal. Yeah. There is metaphor, and there is interpretation, and is that like just kind of? Did you start like engaging in other things? Did you start like even just like you know? Oh, it's okay to hug a girl, or I don't even know what, yeah. the, what the simplicity of that, what how that's how that manifests itself. But, yes, like once you, and and that's what, like, I had a pretty rickety foundation mm-hmm. right so it's easy to like think about and you know tear down so once that foundation is gone you know everything else kind of starts rumbling right but yeah I had girlfriends and we tried to kiss them very poorly <laughs> oh, um, that sounds like a whole other terrible yeah, yeah yeah it's awful <laughs> it's really awful um and then uh but yeah ultimately like I left the I left that college with mm-hmm. a degree, still believing, still believing it, but I was questioning. Stuff. And you're what? Like twenty two now. Twenty one, yeah, okay. twenty two. Yeah, twenty twenty three actually. Because I, I was at school for five years. And was there a moment when you said like you had a rickety foundation? Was there a moment you're like, oh, I am not, uh, you know, I I don't have the, the the strong core that I thought I did. That this is like this is all a house of cards, or was yeah. it just only in hindsight that you kind of recognize that? When I look back. When I look back at kind of my 
getting away from it. The one moment that, or the one event that kind of stands out is the uh, when the when the tsunami hit Thailand. Sure, it was a big moment. It's a big moment. I went over. I wanted to go there, and I wanted to help. I had some extra money. I had some time. It was like summer or something, summer break. I was like, I want to go over there. I want to help those people. Mm-hmm. So I signed up with this Christian organization to go over there. And when we got there, who were friends of the family? I knew them. When I got there, they wanted to pray mm-hmm. for them and tell them about Jesus. And I was like, I don't want to do this at all. <laughs> I want to actually help them. I want to like move, move bricks. Yes, and I want to, yeah, I want to clean yeah. their house and like yeah, swing a hammer. And and they they. Uh, yeah, it was like, and in my brain, I was like, wait, they have, they've just lost everything. And the one thing they have is their religion. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing they have left. It's the only thing you can't take from them, really. And, and we're trying and to. And now we're coming in mm-hmm. with another, like, tsunami, you know, of, like, the new religion. And it's like, why would you take this one thing away from them? So at that point is when I realized I have nothing. It was kind of the last draw mm-hmm. in retrospect, where I was like, I have nothing in common with these people anymore. And I had was that I, heartbreaking for you, or was that like cathartic? It was cathartic as fuck. I mean, yeah. I, could, I felt free. I felt mm. like I felt me myself. Like I felt like honest. You uh-huh. know, I felt like I'd become who I was in a way. Uh, but I was here. I was here in LA at the time, going to churches and trying to find my, my people, and I couldn't find them. So I ended up going to a Greek Orthodox church for like the last year. The the last like after that Thailand trip. I was like, okay, I don't have anything in common with them. I'm going to try Greek Orthodoxy. <laughs> what, was, what was the reason behind that? Greek Orthodoxy is pretty amazing because it's super like mystical. Mm-hmm. And it's it doesn't really claim to have all the answers. It just kind of ascends to God and Jesus. It kind of like, you know, it has all the basic theology, but they're very open to like the unknown mm-hmm. and the ineffable. And I re- that was like, I, I found a lot of, a lot of people who had my path kind of did that. They went to a religion that was a little bit less sure of right, itself right. and a little bit just more kind of... It's like easing into the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's also super traditional, too. Right. So it's, a weird, it's an interesting... It's like a magical place. You walk in with this beautiful... There's St. Sophia down Pico Normandy. Mm-hmm. It's like one of those beautiful buildings in I know that place, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's like you walk in, you're like, holy hell, this is beautiful. And they have, they have this incense going. It smells great. And everyone's so sweet. It just and, felt calming. It's calming and yeah. it's beautiful and it's um, but at the end of the day it's like still for me I couldn't I couldn't totally compartmentalize what I known of the religion and what they were kind of selling so I, I just had to like leave the whole thing so but you were out here you were in LA so you I was in LA, LA after Tennessee yeah and what, like, what brought you out here was it just like that same kind of love of movies and music like I needed I, to go where like there's a cultural yeah. center well I had studied film a little bit in college and then I had actually at the bible school mm-hmm. the, one of the guys I looked up to who was not the fight club guy but another guy who's a preacher now they're all preachers he uh, I kind of intimated to him one day I was like I think I want to make movies and there's no like I said there's no like clear path there's no one who's done that before to make successful films from our kind of world what's well, also so fascinating that you even saw that as an option like, yeah yeah I didn't know like I've talked about this before but like I wanted to be an actor because that's what you could see yeah you anything could, else yeah, like yeah. the directing or the writing or anything, yeah. any other facet of it is like ah, yeah. I just want the thing that I see yeah 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 and yeah. I, I had a thing well I, I I wanted to be in bands okay. too yeah and I wasn't a good musician and my friends were in a successful band. So I was like, okay, they've got music set. They're in the successful band. 
I love them. I'm not gonna do what they've done. Mm -hmm. So I gotta find my other. What's, what's right. what else is out there that I can make stuff? Um, and it was movies. But th this guy who I looked up to, he, um, we were at Taco Bell one day eating. I was like, I think I want to make movies. Because that's the most Christian yeah. of all fast food places. <laughs> exactly. I was like, I think I want to make movies. And he goes, Josh, if you have to work in a Taco Bell for the rest of your life, but you want to make movies, that's what you have to do. And I was like, whoa. Looking back, it's like wow. crazy that he would have said that to me. Like, that's also fascinating. Super, yeah. Just like somebody who like supported a dream that he didn't understand. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, kind of gave me the freedom to to pursue it. So when I moved to LA, it was like, I mean, I emailed, I emailed Mark Romanic. Mm -hmm. I emailed him. And I was like, what do I do when I get to LA? I want to make movies. <laughs> and he said, call this person. He responded? Yeah. It's <laughs> fucking crazy. Yeah. He said, call this person and they'll give you an internship. I go, okay, I'll do that. <laughs> so I worked Did you give him like any backstory? You're like, hey, yeah. you just said like, I'm a kid. I want to make movies. And like, all right, sure kid. Get this yeah. internship. Yeah. Where was the internship? Anonymous content. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> it's so great. I interned at like a garbage agency <laughs> on Van Nuys where like all, all the agents there were just like old bags of paste. Right. Who had like, who had toupees and fanny packs. Uh, and not like the hip, this, it was like the saddest place. And you went to, the clients I went like, to like a film school. Right, 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 right. Came out of like a Christian where college. Where did you go to that film school? Emerson. You went there once? Yeah. yeah. You guys should be set up. Well, it was, I was being lazy. I could have had a better right, internship. Right. I just got off of a boat going around the world, and it's like last minute. I was like, uh, any, cool audition, <laughs> any cool internships left? No? All right, well, I'll work in the valley with these sad kind of porn stars. <laughs> what was the name of the, what's the name of the ship that goes around? Semester at Sea. Semester at Sea. Okay. Yeah. We had, like, Mercy ships, too, so people did that, which is like a... Imagine there's less fucking on that. I'm probably not. Yeah, why not? Okay. You're in your open waters. <laughs> yeah, the Lord can't see you when you're at high sea. Um, so, uh, what? So you came out here, you were yeah. went to Greek Orthodoxy, you were working yeah. on anonymous content, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and eating Taco Bell. Yeah. Um, and then that was it. I mean, I just kept, kept working and filled in some gaps. Like, I never, I, I wanted to be a production designer. Yeah. Because I didn't know I didn't understand how to make something. Right. I didn't understand the materials or the processes involved in like making something. Mm -hmm. Not that you want me building anything for you right now, but it's just like I do have a grasp of the materials and the processes that go into making a film. Right. And I think that that has helped me. I've been doing that for 13 years. Yeah. And that's I mean, that's the only way I understand how to make stuff is because I said I don't know how to do that. I'm terrible at that. I know how to read books and write papers. I'm gonna work with that. And so I just met some people who got me out along the way and it's great. So you, you had this like sense of vocation. Do you feel like it kind of filled the void of what was left behind by religion? You're like, okay, this is my new religion. This is something I want to learn and understand. I mostly did that with chicks. Yeah? <laughs> did you? But like, that's fascinating though. Did you, because uh, like, I feel like I had a period where I kind of did that too. Mostly just because like, well, I had this huge part of me in my heart or whatever you want to call it that's empty yeah let's fill it with something yeah and you did that but like was, there, sure. was I mean, there a moralizing was... of that when you first like started getting into yeah. ladies yeah a little bit but you get over that pretty quickly but you don't have yeah. It. Yeah. It's, yeah but I was just like so curious I think sure. it, I think it was it was just had been so stifled for so many years and I was bursting to like figure out what was going on and to experience it and to meet people and to just be out there 
and it was amazing. I mean, I had a good time in my late twenties. Yeah. Did you when? Were you always like this uh, open about this, or did you play as close to the vest for a while because you knew it was like somewhat stigmatized in this like very kind of you know liberal uh, enclave that is Los Angeles? Like, like your past, like oh, oh, oh my past. Um, no, I I always thought it was a I always kind of like thought it maybe unique. Yeah, being a you know just a white dude with a beard. Like, okay, this is something that makes gives me a perspective that maybe is interesting to someone where they want to ask me a question about it or you know right. kind of get. Some sort of foot in the door. Um, and at the end of the day, like, it, there is a, I think I had a certain, um, like, for better or for worse, like, naivete about the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, more curiosity, like, a little bit coming at it from, like, yeah. I, I've been a part of this thing yeah. not as long as like everybody else. Like, each fact I learned about evolution is, like, the best thing I've ever heard. Like, like our eyes, you know why our eyes don't really work? You know, like no. you can't sit, like this doesn't work for yeah, us. Super close. Yeah, yeah, because our eyes started evolving underwater, and so like an octopus has like the best eyes on the planet because he his eyes started underwater and they finished underwater. Our eyes started underwater and then we came on land and they had to like readjust. Right. So now we have issues with like focus. That's fascinating. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so like every like basic fact that I mean like other people it is cool but it's like I feel like you could tell you could probably tell me something about evolution that you knew you've known for thirty years and I'd be like oh. Well, that's kind of beautiful though. Yeah, yeah. Like you still have like a, a, a zest for things as opposed to being like, nah, all yeah. right, yeah. whatever. I think there's a certain amount. So there are good things. I guess I'd say there are good things that come out of it, like curiosity and uh, I think I'm generally like an honest person and like with myself and I don't like, I think I think there's, there's good things. In my films, like I try to be, I try to ask like what is the honest thing to do here? Like what is the, I look for the beat of truth, not necessarily for what makes the best storytelling. Right. I think. Well, I, a couple of things. Yeah. Like, because I met you, what, like, eight years ago, something like that? Nine years ago? Yeah. Like ten, something like that? We met at, in Santa Monica mm-hmm. at that bar called 40 and Under, 14, over 14. Or, oh, so, yeah. Where, like, when Chad and Brendan were living there. Our friends, yeah. Chad and Brendan were living yeah. there. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was, like, at least ten years ago. Um... But you have always struck me as being like a very like gregarious, like charming dude, and like some would say annoying, yeah. Yeah, but you're like a good, yeah. you're like funny, and you're a good talker, and you're also like a large person. <laughs> like I remember, just like you know, you're not somebody that like easy for easy right, to forget. Right. And do you feel like that was that always part of your personality, or was that something that was like, ingrained in you from like this desire to be a preacher? Like, because you're like a bit of a salesman. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just in like not in like a Shakespeare yeah, yeah, way. Yeah. No, uh, I think it, I got it from my dad. My dad's super funny and yeah. likes to be center of attention and likes to be in control. And, you know, it's, there's a little bit of darkness to it, too, I think. Sure. Probably. <laughs> Love me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm like wanting attention and wanting, yeah, wanting approval. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, all that stuff works together. It makes it fun. And like, I find it crazy. Like, I have this one friend that we're, he's the crazy, like, I'm some people's crazy friend. Right. And then I have a crazy friend. Of course. And he's crazy. And then he has a crazy friend. And that guy's nuts. And I've never met his... And that guy's crazy friend is in prison. Yeah, I've never met that guy's crazy friend. Like, But the idea that... I don't know. That there's always someone crazier. But I, I, I think that, that kind of like... Confidence comes like... From uh, ignorance, too. It's like kind of That's like... True. It's kind of like, I don't know what I don't know. I'm just going to... I can just say stuff because I'm yeah. right, even though it doesn't matter. Like yeah. you know, it's 
So I think I think a lot of that's born out of ignorance. Well, that's interesting. But also, yeah. did you think like those was the same level of like confidence and charm and beauty in you when you were still doing all these theological things? Yeah. Or was that yeah. it was? Yeah. So like your personality's always been the same, but you're yeah. just like your core beliefs have like shifted. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't like it wasn't like a blossoming in general of like. Oh, I'm finding myself with like women and literature. Yeah, it was like I'm still the same person. Yeah, so that was always there. Yeah, that was always like, and, and I do think it is from like this like kind of dark place of yeah. like wanting wanting attention and wanting acceptance. What was the validation? Was that also complicated when you're in this like very rigid place and you shouldn't you shouldn't want? Oh yeah, like any any kind of. Um, coveting or or sloth or vanity is like very much a bad thing yeah yeah well i i, re- I just remember this i was very talkative in like high school and, mm-hmm. and at middle school and i remember i got in trouble and i didn't understand why i couldn't talk i was just yeah. like why not like i have a lot of things to say i have yeah. a lot of love to give like let's I just remember being very confused, and that's the kind of stuff that they like that a therapist would like unlock and like yeah. pull apart. Well, it's also interesting that you're saying like I not only have a lot of things to say, but I have a lot of love to give. Yeah, yeah. I'm, just, yeah. I'm, saying, I'm giving love to the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's like also like white male privilege. <laughs> oh, hundred <laughs> percent. It's also like I uh, I should give to talk. Yeah, 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 for sure. I my I need to be heard. Like I deserve to be heard. It's like no, you're kind of saying the same thing everyone else is. So yeah, fuck up. For yeah. That and, um. But yeah, the more I um, like, the more I learn about that and study that, it's been on my mind a lot recently. It's probably with everyone. Oh, uh, why? why? <laughs> uh, it's been it's been challenging, man. I mean, yeah. it's like it's like I read with "We Should All Be Feminists." This book, sure. Uh, it was a tough read, man. It's like it's like yeah, she's fucking right. Like I lo- I loved it. I loved it, but it, it's like. Yeah, like, yeah, just this like, white male privilege exists. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is groundbreaking yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you have, uh, what is your relationship like your family now? Did they have like a hard time seeing, or were they just like, you know, Josh is still Josh and now he's just like a little bit different? Nah, I mean, they think, I think they think I'm going to come back around. Do they? Yeah. And Even though you're, what, 34, 35? Yeah, 36. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they think I'm going to come back around. They think. They pray for me, but they're still, we're still close. I mean, we're, yeah. we're still hanging. Is that like the kind of thing where I know like if I don't try to, I mean, I will get into like any political things with my oh, yeah. parents sometimes, yeah. but like if it doesn't have to come up, fine. Because I love them and they're, I know they're great. But, but like, I also kind of make fun of them a little bit too. I do a I'm little bit too. I'm also like, oh, you, yeah, you're going to go to hell. I'm going to hell when I die. Like, sorry, I'm going to burn for eternity. Like yeah. I'll say stuff like that to them. Like, And does that really get, do they laugh about that? I was like, like, don't, don't say that. Don't say oh, that. man. They kind of giggle. Just like pushing the buttons a little bit. Yeah, but my do you brother, think do you think they've changed a little bit because of what how you've evolved? I think my mom definitely has, and, and my brother has changed them a lot too. Because my brother, like, he is one of the ten people who is right. smart, faithful, and honest. Like, and he's just keeps keeps going. I don't know. He's just a good dude that keeps questioning things and keeps developing, and hmm. you know, talks about things like racism and you know systemic problems in the government and in life and in the country and but can frame them for them in a, in a religious context that I'm not interested in doing right um, so if anything's changed it's more poli- it's more political and more yeah they're kind of more open right for sure for sure huh but it, it does always kind of come back to politics too which is interesting well I mean because that's 
what the center of your yeah. parents' world, the yeah, fall yeah. world, yeah. is like melding those two, two things together, right? Exactly. Yeah. So they kind of go a little bit hand in hand. They're almost the same. Yeah. Which is a brilliant thing to do. Yeah. That this is inherently right. <laughs> yeah. This is God's decree mm-hmm. that people should be on welfare. Yeah. <laughs> God's um, what kind of advice would you have for anybody who is kind of struggling with their faith or their place in the world or coming from like a, uh, from a conservative background in some capacity, but like trying to figure out like, where do I exist? I, I mean, my advice is don't stop asking questions. Don't stop being curious and it's don't rush anything. Like it right. doesn't, for me, it took a lot of years. It took, yeah, I would look back probably four to five years to really be comfortable with saying I'm not a Christian at the moment anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so my advice is yeah, keep questioning things, keep, um, keep at it. Don't get discouraged and don't get, don't feel guilty about anything ever. Right. Just don't feel guilty. If you feel guilty about something, think about why you feel guilty. Think about the guilt and what that feels like. Question where that feeling comes from. Yeah. And is it, is it valid? Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, it's a, self-fulfilling prophecy like you feel guilty and then you do it again and you get guiltier guiltier. Right. it just doesn't solve any purpose anymore there's a point diminishing returns <sighs> yeah, yeah yeah and it just it just keeps it's just punishing yeah and it and it's uh paralyzing to thought it's paralyzing to action it's paralyzing to making things for me it is mm-hmm. um and for me like i have a nephew who's raised religious by my brother who's smart and like i said and my nephew's great, but I just want to be like, do you feel guilty about anything? Because you should not ever. Right. Don't ever feel guilty. Like, if you do something that doesn't work, like, let's talk about it. But like, you kick a dog. Don't feel great about it. Yeah. But yeah. if it's just like, I don't know, I, I have a crush on a person. Yeah. 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 Just don't feel guilty about. It. Let's just talk about. It. Like, yeah. That's my. That's the least thing I think that kept me. Kept me from becoming who I am. Well, how did you? How did you like? make peace with that guilt when did you start to question that guilt because it was probably like your biggest currency up to a certain point right yeah well i hired i hired this life coach like really five years ago yeah five years ago four or five years ago. wow and i was like i don't know what to do i'm not like i'm not who i want to be i'm not you've already been here for like nine years yeah, ten yeah, years yeah, at the yeah. point. i was like i'm not who i want to be i'm not becoming anything i'm sick of work like how do I how do I be who I want to be? And she she kind of talked me through thought. I mean, she, we we meet every week. And she talks me through like the ways I'm thinking, and she just helps me answer my own questions in a real in a real way and challenge me to to do the things I want to do. Is it like kind of in essence like another facet of therapy? It's yeah yeah for me it's been very therapeutic. But she's not like a licensed therapist. She's right. a hippie lives in Mexico. She's like we Skype. <laughs> um, but she's like been she it, it, she's a coach. She's like, yeah. what do you want to do? You know, where do you want to be in a year? What do you want to do? How do you get there? What do you do this week to help you get to there? She's kind of reframes everything and contextualizes hmm. it in the bigger picture. Super helpful. And even like theological questions, not just like practical, pragmatic things. Like, I want to make this movie. How do you get to make this movie? Well, it comes up. It's like, why didn't you you know write that thing you were supposed to write this week? It's like, well. I'm, I'm sad. What do you say? Like it comes up as part of like the coaching, but I'm trying to think what else I want to ask you here. I guess um, if there was a 
looking back, like what is the what is the thing that you are like you said something interesting, like I think it make me when you started like entering the world as like a normal person. Yeah. yeah. If there is not the moral, right. but say a normal person. Yeah. Um, who we are now is more indicative of what we see around us on a day-to-day basis, our peers. But I feel like all the things that have happened to me, like as much as they were kicks in the dick at the time, like I feel like they're a, they're a badge of honor. Yeah. They're like, yeah. I, I like hold them close to me. Like I don't lead with them, but it's like also, I feel like this makes me stronger and more interesting. And yeah. it's like, it's something that I... And you're proud that you I'm survived. Proud. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like a surviving, it is like a merit badge. You yeah. know what I mean? So... And you said, like, you, you didn't, like, shy away from that. But, like, what is the thing that you uh, are the most proud of or, like, that you really relish that came out of this somewhat strict and yeah. maybe compared to what we're living in, the not the most normal upbringing? Yeah. I think, and we kind of touched on it before, I think it's curiosity. Like, right. I think that I have a, a naive sense of the world that keeps me curious and keeps me questioning things even in a really basic elementary kind of way right. that um, ke- ke- keeps me honest and it keeps me interested in life. Right. And it, I think it showed itself in my work as far as like keeping everything really simple and trying to find, for lack of a better word, magic in the, in the natural world. Hmm. Um, so I, 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 would, I would point to that curiosity because that's, that's how I mean that for me that's the fuel that keeps it going right. I, I don't know that I would have had that if it wasn't for being so like kind of smothered in a way wound tightly yeah yeah. well you like magic I mean there is like an element of magical realism in your in yeah. your movie yeah in Hunter Gatherer yeah. is that like you think that's where that springs from like you're kind of interested in like what are these kind of fantastical elements that are around us all the time yeah for sure it's kind of it's and and when you believe that there are angels and demons around you all the mm-hmm. time kind of fighting for your soul. Uh, it, it makes a weird world. <laughs> like well, it's also not of, hard to make that leap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, uh, I mean, I think the beginning of the film is very naturalistic and realistic and set in a real world in a way, and it kind of, like, opens up. And I think that that's, like, I'm interested in and I'm curious about how the world opens up with questions and with... It feels like we're walking to the store, but there could be a hole. Like, what is that hole that could open up and right. portal to, you know, not in a sci-fi way, but, like, in an existential way. Right. Uh, that I'm open to those kind of things, or at least, like, giggle when I think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Ticklish. That gets back to, like, the curiosity, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's a fucking fascinating place you've come from, man. Thank you. And, and the I, fact that... I, I feel like I didn't do... I feel like I didn't have a... Big trauma, though. No, but that's not (laughs) necessarily big trauma. I mean, that's like a very... That's formed you in so many ways. There's 20 years. Yeah. yeah. That's a lot of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's... it's, Yeah. I also like that, like, it's 10 years, and I, like, have heard about this a little bit. Right, right. But, like, it's fun to, like, actually talk about it. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. You had me. Um, Thanks, buddy. Well, there you go, gang. What did I tell you? Did I tell you he was a great guy with a fascinating story? Well, I think I think it's really true. Um, thanks so much, Josh, for having me over to your house and talking to me about all fun things Christianity and Jerry Falwell 
and uh, scripture in general. I loved it. Um, thanks, guys. Uh, also, thank you to Hidden Fongheiser for helping do all the things behind the scenes, and thank you to Julia Pot and King Flying Club for doing art and music. And the biggest thanks, per huge, goes to you, dear listener. Uh, thanks for coming on this weird little journey with me. I appreciate it. I hope you guys have a great week. Daylight savings, huh? <laughs> Crazy. All right, love you.